Are you listening to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine on Apple Podcasts? Well, if you are, please make sure that you leave us a review. Now, of course, we would love five stars, but if anything, we want to hear how you are enjoying the show. Now back to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. There he is. How's it going, man? What's up? What's up? Man, blessed. Can't complain. You know, just uh, in this in this state of being a, a new dad, full-time entrepreneur, it is a crazy, crazy, crazy time. But, um, you know, God is good. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, we're going to definitely get into it. Um, what time is it there? Um, it is 3 o'clock p.m. I love it. Yeah. Listen. I gotta, I gotta thank you because you're kind of putting my show on the map a little early with this being the first international out of the U.S. Um, you know, interview here. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hey man, we we global, man. We global. We, you know what I'm saying? That's what we're doing. Interna- international, international. I do. Oh my goodness, man. Well, listen. Tell me about it. Well, look. If it's okay with you, we're gonna jump right into this. Um, so yeah. super excited to have you on the show and welcome to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. This is season four and, you know, Warren, we're calling this the quad shot season. So that means that it, things have definitely been turned up a little bit more than average. But uh, before we dive into talking to our amazing guest today, I want to introduce the world to Warren Jones. Warren Jones is an entrepreneur, DEI, and, you know, strategist, creative producer, currently assisting brands in their efforts to engage diverse communities in meaningful and impactful ways. And did you hear that, people? Impact, meaning that things are happening. It's more than just lip service. He is the co-founder of Toasted Life, a community-based experiential brand that specializes in designing 360 lifestyle experiences and engagements that center the needs of programming um, through multicultural audiences, through events, as well as so many other things that they're doing. So excited to dive in that today. Previously, or shall I say prior to becoming a full-time entrepreneur, which he has already mentioned he is, he worked for companies such as Airbnb, along with Apple, and is a fellow HBCU graduate. So shout out to all the HBCU listeners of Morehouse College. You know, I wanted to have Warren on the show because I think when we think about individuals that are um, innovative and truly understanding the climate of the world, understanding their purpose, and also understanding how to step into that, you are definitely someone that came to mind. Um, I never even know if I told you this, which is the reason why I even have this show, but I've always admired you from afar, um, for sure. So my friend, welcome to A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine. Hey, man, pleasure to be here. Super excited. Um, Thank you. It's an honor to even uh, be asked to be a part of it. I love being a part of um, building and um you know connectivity and and, and knowledge sharing it's like yeah. that's that's what gets me going so thank you for including me absolutely absolutely and i mean you know congratulations on being a new dad i mean that i'm sure that that has been um just you know an, an experience uh like no other talk a little bit about that so far man new dad new pops managing a business how have you been yeah, I mean, it's been a whirlwind. I'm not going to lie. You know, uh, I think I didn't have a ton of experience with kids mm-hmm. prior to this and also didn't have a ton of experience just understanding the nuances of parenting uh, and like um, talking to parents about like what it's really like. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you scroll through social or you see, you know, someone in your life that has a kid, you just kind of uh, you see the highlights or you see the playful moments, you see you know, them as an accessory. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. kid as an accessory or something like that. You don't understand on, on the back end how it might affect the way you travel now, how it might affect how, how you how you uh, handle your finances or the way that you budget or thinking a little bit more longer term instead of shorter term with like, you know, schooling and like healthcare and, you know, what kind of world do you want them to come up in? And so all of these things, it's still kind of fresh, but there are thoughts and perspectives that I'd never 
had to think about and yeah. um, I've sort of just been uh, thrown into. Um, but on the flip side of that, I think when it comes to uh, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, the focus and the clarity has never been more precise. Mm. Uh, I've never been more sort of drilled in, you know, mm. I think uh, bringing uh, a child into the world sort of kind of it's either fight or flight. Yeah. You know, and I've always been sort of the fight kind of person when my back's against the wall. And it's not to say that like the pressure is crazy, right? You know what I mean? I'm not like out here homeless. It's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's just a situation where like now uh, you take the mantle of wanting to provide and sort of be, be the shepherd of, 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 of the family. And, um, you know, I just am drilled in, man. I'm, I'm all in, I'm all focused um, on, on the business and making sure that like we're able to reach the vision that you know I see, and so yeah. um, this is it's yeah it's incredible the the I guess the dichotomy of yeah. parenting and entrepreneurship. It's they're talking to each other in a very interesting way. Yeah, has it made you kind of reevaluate the role that your parents have played in your life? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, you know, I'm probably sure we'll talk about this in some of the other questions, but um, it's making me identify or reflect, especially where I am, because I'm not really in the mix anymore. We could talk about that, but you know, I'm in the countryside of England. I'm not like in the mid city of London. So I'm it's 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 really quiet. And so I can kind of do deep work in a in a vacuum, but also when I have moments to myself, I'm able to reflect on like my life because mm -hmm. it is so different than sort of my old life before having a kid, right? And so yeah. I'm just kind of forced to think about all of the moments that have led to this point and mm -hmm. in, in this chapter. And I think about my parenting and maybe some of the areas that I feel I could have been stronger in. And some of that might've been due to my lack of understanding. And some of it could have been how, uh, maybe, maybe how some oversight on my parents' side, you know, and yeah. some of the things I had to deal with on that. And so how that translates to my, my mindset is like, how do I continue to heal mm. or um, work through some of the challenges that I've noticed within myself so that uh, I can, you know, successfully shepherd my son in in a way or just lead by action it's not always about just teaching hard teaching but they they kids will copy what they see you know what i'm saying yeah, so yeah if i'm you know exhibiting a lot of mood swings or being depressed or not living my best life and pouring into my wellness and working out and doing the things that i know is gonna make me be the best version of me he's gonna see that yeah so you know that's how i think it's been showing up in a really interesting way now so yeah yeah definitely I love that answer I mean I feel like at the core of that it truly is about education you know which I kind of want to take a back down memory lane shall I say a classic love that song but uh you going to Morehouse back down memory lane. hey there you go. <laughs> I love that James that's nice oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the one that's the one yeah. man that, that one hits differently but um you know taking a trip back down memory lane when we think about you going to uh Morehouse and going to college what where did that decision come from well um it was, I went to a predominantly white high school. Okay. And I um, was in a situation where, you know, I was called the N-word in one, mm. in one point in time. And I had the opportunity to either leave and go stay with my dad in Atlanta or stay in New Jersey and just ride it out um, and, and um, stay in the school. Yeah. I just I, I don't decided know if we ever talked about this, Warren. You are you did you live in you lived in Jersey? Yeah, I I grew up in New Jersey. I lived in Irvington. Okay, yeah. I was I was right in Somerset, right off of 206 and uh close to Princeton. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was out there and you know, dealing with some of the, you know, uh big, big, big Confederate flag driving truck drive truck driving high school boys that just yeah, you know they didn't know anything. They just were ignorant, right? And so, yeah, got called the N word, got into an altercation, fought, got suspended, and you know I had an opportunity to to like I said, either run or or stay, and I stayed. But what um when it was time to go on college tours, 
I was looking at like large PWIs um, and also took a look at like, you know, Howard Hampton, Morehouse. And when we was in Atlanta and we went to Georgia Tech, I was interested in doing like a dual degree architecture program. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I went to Georgia Tech and like, you know how when you, you know, black people, we give each other the nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the street, we like, we like, yo, you know. <laughs> you know I, remember, I remember stepping on the Georgia Tech campus and I was like, this is weird. Like, we're, you know, we're, I'm not getting any energy here, even though I was seeing other black folks and stuff like that. And mm, that's a uh, deep conversation. Yeah, yeah. And then I stepped on Morehouse campus and immediately it was like brotherhood, like, whoa, what's up, man? What's your name? Welcome to the house, da 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 da. I'm such and such. What you what are you into? Let me take you around. And you know, nice. I'm sure that was a part of their recruiting process for prospective students, but who cares? It was lovely yeah. to be, you know, welcomed and warm in that way. And that is the energy of Morehouse was like, you know, it is a brotherhood, it is your, you know, your brother's keeper. Um, and that and that sort of carried through to like my matriculation through 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 uh through Morehouse and so I mean it was a no-brainer I was like I mean I want to I want to speak like them I want to learn like them I want to dress like them you know yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know and just catch a vibe <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was a whole way of life almost yeah. that. and then yeah. at Morehouse that's ultimately where you meet your business partner right it is where we met um we had like, I think one or two classes together uh Matt was you know mr mr popular track athlete um you know a stellar a stellar student we didn't uh hang out like that much in school which was funny we didn't we got much closer after after college in the bay area where we both happened to be working um and built built a really nice relationship and from there we were able to establish uh and build toasted life Toasted life. So tell the people at home, I, I talked a little bit about it, but please explain and tell the people at home listening, for those that are new, what Toasted Life is and uh, your mission and um, just overall where it stemmed from. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so Toasted Life, I mean, it's been an evolution, you know. Bet, as, yeah. Yeah. As of today, you know, we are a premium experience platform um, centering BIPOC-centered audiences. Um we, we design social and professional events and experiences um, for multicultural people, uh, predominantly Black and Latinx. Um, and we also provide agency services for brands that are looking to connect deeper with this demographic. Uh, and that agency in, internally is called Toasted Life Labs. And so it's been an interesting, interesting ride, especially because we started off as a day party. <laughs> okay. And so, um, you know, the reason that we started it, we were both working in tech. Matt, Matt was at Google. I was at Apple. Uh, and what we found as transplants in the Bay Area was that there was a lot of segregation in the Black community, specifically kind of dispersed around. Um, and when we were going to different venues and establishments, no one was really playing the type of music that we wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. No one was really treating us, um, you know, in a sort of equitable, uh, non-threatening kind of manner. Yeah, yeah. And so what we did was, yeah, we threw a day party and the goal was just to build connections and to help uh, people, um, you know, build their, build their network. And so we uh, noticed just immediately off the bat that this was a need because all of the other sort of black tech professionals and creatives and entrepreneurs like flooded to our events. Mm. And the more we did sort of the bigger we got and we sort of became this sort of glue in the Bay area for anyone that was coming, you had to plug into what Toasted Life was doing because that was the way that you were either going to meet a recruiter, you mm -hmm. were either going to meet your co-founder, you were going to meet your partner you were going to meet you know your tribe right and so it was uh that's what that's what happened and no that was sort of the energy that you know we were we were getting from like a lot of attendees they were like man yeah i met my i met my investor at, at toasted life i met my co-founder i met my head of community at toasted life and so these stories just you know i met my wife at toasted life <laughs> you know what i mean and it's, it's like it's like whoa like that's you know I, you know i don't know like quantify that impact whether it's financially or emotionally but 
it is I know that we have made waves in people's yeah. lives. Um and and yeah, so it's been an exciting ride. You have. I mean, it's been amazing seeing the evolution. I want to say I was in the Bay Area, I think, when you, you know, when it was like day parties. And I think to see it go from day parties to also see how you, you know, transitioned again, uh, obviously during the pandemic where you're having to take re reevaluate events and now to really kind of see more of the lean into uh, professional growth when it comes to business and everything like that is um, admirable. So definitely keep up the good work because from the outside looking in, um, it's great to kind of see the evolution and the foundation that still remains, you know, for what Toasted Life is. That's a beautiful thing. Thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, man, absolutely. So now, look, let's dive into it. Um, I want to go back to 2010. Um, really just kind of walk us through um, you switching gears between 2010 and 2020. And when I say that, I really want to know what is the core thing that has ultimately made you jump? Um, because I think that to be progressive in life, so often a lot of people are really, really afraid to really jump and take mm. that leap. Um, mm -hmm. You have a lot of people do it because it's tied to uh, financial growth. You have a lot of people that do it because it's tied to faith. You have a lot of people that do it because it's tied to personal development. Um, you have a lot of people that do it because they're stuck in a rut. But mm -hmm. when I think about um, you and also when I was looking at your bio and you mentioned this with you working at Airbnb and also working at Apple, what mm -hmm. I want the listeners at home to know is that you were still running a full-time business along with that. So, you know, during that gap in that period, what has made you um, switch gears ultimately? So do you want me to start from 2010? Or are you saying when I left my job? I think that'd be a good place to start when you left your job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was hard running a business and being full-time and I, I, talk about this a lot around you know the inability to serve two masters you know ultimately mm -hmm. either something is going to get less love mm -hmm. you know or you're not going to give both any attention they're both going to be sort of uh um going at half speed you know um and working at sort of high intense you know apple is just like it's a very demanding uh culture um, and then Airbnb was still startup, you know, sort of energy and mm -hmm. um, still very, very, uh, um, you know, still very results oriented type yeah. of place. Right. Yeah. And when you have your own business, if you believe in it's something that it can be bigger than what it is. Right. Like that's always going to be at the forefront of your mind while you're working for on someone else's thing right while you're working for someone else right and like yeah. hard to um sometimes put a plan in place to fully understand when it's okay to jump and when it's right to jump because you might never be ready because the corporate environment is just like one it's very lucrative it's safe you have all the things that you need to be comfortable and to sustain yourself and live a good life but um for me it was really daunting on my mental health overall mm -hmm. i was not showing up for work at a high capacity in the way that I know that I probably could have uh, as a professional, right? I was doing uh, what needed to be done. I was doing the work and it was of good quality, but, you know, I wasn't like coming home and like working on all the stuff, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It was like, I was leaving the job and then I was transitioning to my, to my, to my side, to my side thing. Um, and over time that starts to show up in different ways that you might not expect. And so your manager starts to see different things. People start asking questions. They might want to know like, what do you care about? You know, what do you want to do? Like, where do you see yourself in the company? And so, you know, um, you know, a lot of people don't know is that, you know, you, you know, at Apple, I was, I was put on a performance plan, you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so, you know, those are the things that people aren't talk that people don't really talk about, but it was that like, I was so distracted with wanting to build this other thing that I owned and that was sort of like, you know, that we created that I was sort of letting uh, my proactivity at work really, really, really slip. And so um, that was a moment where I was just like, okay, well, you know, I definitely am not ready to go full time into my business yet. 
I know that I do want to. That was the indication that like, I know that I want to not be in corporate. But I was like, like, cool, well, you know, let me get another uh, another job, learn another environment. Hopefully it's better aligned with what I'm doing at work so that the 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 mental switching um is not as drastic. Mm-hmm. Um and I can treat treat it as like an MBA program. And that's uh that's essentially what I did um and 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 learned a ton of stuff at Airbnb. But I ultimately knew that like there was going to be a point in time where I was going to need to jump ship. And so um I just was like look man I, I wanted to like I was like, let me take the let me take the jump because if I don't do it, I'm always gonna think about doing it. And um if I don't do it, I'm gonna regret and look back and be like, man, what would have been if I had done it? Yeah. And so that was really kind of all I needed. And I think the pandemic really just uh expedited, not expedited, but it 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 um it heightened for sure because I was now I had a decision I was out of Airbnb and I was just like, I had freedom. I was like, it was crazy. Like I just could control my own. I didn't have to report to anyone. I didn't have to do anything. I could really just like have the space and the time to think, envision, learn the things that was holding me back as a business owner, business owner, and just really go all in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not gonna lie. I still think about some of the perks of being on the inside. Right. I, I think about, the financial uh, uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. that I've had to sort of like bring down to manage to manage manage expenses, right? And just keep things at a certain level where like before, you know, I had like two, three income streams. I was, I was like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> I had to, I had to really humble, humble things down and be like, okay, I'm going like, I'm going to chill and just sort of decrease or minimize my lifestyle Mm-hmm. uh or short term uh time frame for a longer term uh for a longer term sustainability so that's sort of been the mindset but um yeah man it's it's been a it's been a grind i, I yeah. thought i was an entrepreneur i thought i was an entrepreneur when i had the full time job mm-hmm. nah man you <laughs> it ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't what social media hype it up to be <laughs> oh yeah oh trust me trust me yeah i think we know and i mean you know i it's interesting here you talk about like, you know, how you had the the three streams of, of revenue, which, you know, but were, were you happy, Warren? I wasn't happy. No, I was depressed. Yeah. Was super depressed. Like it was, it was, it was tough. And it was, it was, I was depressed because like, I was trying to understand like, uh, you know, I'm such a purpose driven individual mm-hmm. and I was trying to understand, like, how do I become what I see in my head, what I know I feel I'm meant to be? Yeah. With not knowing how to get there. Mm. And it's hard to do that when um, I'm pulled in many different directions, you know, like I'm pulled at my nine to five, I'm pulled at my business. And even though it's fun and it's making money, it's still a job technically, right? It's still demanding on my time and, and what I have to do. And I'm in the mix. Uh, and then, you know, you throw a relationship on top of that, you know, that's a whole nother set of things. You throw your own personal demons or yeah. challenges or internal um, things. That's a whole nother set of things. So all of those things sort of like swirling together. Uh, yeah, it, it just, it can create a lot of, a lot of pressure, a lot of turmoil. So I just kind of got to the point where it's like, yeah, I need to, um, I just need to take a step take a step back and I'm still in that step <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two and a half years later like you know what I mean yeah and I think the thing is being really aware of those steps that you know you're taking I mean the places that you mentioned Apple as well as Airbnb even just Toasted Life in general you know um more so just speaking to the tech industry, we understand and know that those organizations are very high performing you know and have a lot of high performers um, yeah. I think in saying that a lot of high performers are also very hard on themselves. How mm-hmm. have you managed to not possibly be so hard over yourself and or how do you continue to try to, um, you know, uh, understand the realities of the world and why you shouldn't be so hard on yourself with certain things? Yeah, that's a constant battle for me. Um, and it's been it's come up. more recently now that I'm deeper in my entrepreneurship uh, journey 
um, this idea of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I'm reading this book uh, called You Are Not an Imposter or um, what is it called? Let me find it. It's uh, The Imposter Cure. The Imposter Cure. Okay. And who's the author? Um, Jessamy Hibbert. Okay. Okay. Nice. Nice. It's a little blurry, but um, it is a phenomenal book. I'm I'm not even halfway through, but it's already opened up so much, so much reflection in my life. Um, to where you know when I heard about the term imposter syndrome in tech, it was sort of always targeted for like white women mm. in corporate spaces, like or just women in general. Yeah. And I never identified it as like a male figure because I think that as men traditionally or even just how we're socialized we are meant to be already uh able <laughs> and yeah, yeah. confident in our ability to conquer and go forth <laughs> you know what i mean and it's like um all of the messages and all of the speakers that i would see come and talk about imposter syndrome it was generally women speaking to women erg groups or things of that nature and so that was i just didn't believe that like oh like maybe that's something that I have. But when I look back and I read the book and I think about my life, there are areas where I recognize that like, you know, I didn't step up to certain situations or I didn't challenge my friends or go in a certain path because I didn't necessarily inherently believe I was worthy or felt like I could achieve that. Um, And I think what that does is create an overworking type of mentality. because you want to sort of like prove people wrong <laughs> that no one's even doubting you, but like you want to, <laughs> yeah, it's like you want to be you know like, what? Nah, you know what? You'll actually be more shocked at how many people are actually cheering you on, you know. Yeah. But that yeah. is imposter syndrome, you know, that's yeah. what it is. You don't realize that. And even when they are cheering you on, what the book is kind of sharing is that like people with sort of that have let imposter syndrome sort of manifest for a long period of time, you don't validate your success. Mm-hmm. you don't internalize the congratulations or the cheers that do come with it because you inherently believe that like oh man I got lucky or like oh man like you know I, it's I, you're not even <laughs> it doesn't even like connect to you and so yeah. I just been trying to work through you know week by week when good things happen at the end of the week I just sort of list down all of my gratitude and like sort of the wins that take place and just like nice. try to feel that versus continuing to like move the goalpost because mm-hmm. that's essentially what I, I have been doing the majority of my career is like anything that was achieved I didn't I didn't I didn't like I didn't like validate that I just moved the next I was like oh man like this this is what it should have been you know what I mean yeah. I should have been I should have been here I should have been doing this you know what I'm saying instead of being like really proud and like, you know, grateful for that experience in that moment. I just was very hard to be like, you know, I was comparing myself to a version of myself that just was always eluding me, you know what I'm saying? And because of that, I just could never really be present to any sort of success or moment. And so I just am trying to get better at that feeling and making sure that like, uh, I practice that because that really impacts um, my well-being. Um, yeah. A lot of times and so yeah that's <laughs> that's where that's where i'm at <laughs> definitely a practice over time i mean yeah. you know and also too i think just your vision for yourself and also your business and like knowing what you want is is truly remarkable because um there's this terminology of side hustle right to where um i don't know if you've seen any of the recent reports but it's actually starting to kind of come back a lot and also um the conversation around millennial culture really like um taking on that side hustle mentality but gen z is like we don't want any side hustles we barely want a hustle in general you know what i mean um you know looking back you talked about the toll that that took i guess on your mental health and or just on you in general of where you're still doing your business and then you're also ultimately still running Toasted Life, which could yeah. be considered a side hustle. And you right. mentioned having two to three different work streams. What is your outlook on side hustles today? Um, I think that side hustles are great, but you have to distinguish if you want it to just remain a revenue stream or if you want it to be a company 
that you step into. Mm. Those are like two different things, right? Like you can have a great, you can be a consultant mm -hmm. on the side, right? And that just be a, a, a another revenue side hustle for you. That doesn't mean that you need to go and start your own consulting firm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm and so I think side hustles are great, you know, because a lot of times when you sort of get in the monotonous, the monotony or the routine of your day job, um, sometimes the creative spark can elude you and you sort of can be complacent or, you know, not complacent, but, you know, you might just sort of be so used to the sort of same infrastructure that you're a part of that you might lose sight of like your purpose or how you want to impact the world. Mm -hmm. And I think side hustles provide a great opportunity for people to uh, maybe dig deeper into their passion, maybe find their purpose, or maybe impact people in a different way that they're not able to do at their job. Yeah. Um, and ultimately use it as a stepping stone to maybe find a career that is more in line and similar to their side hustle. You know what I'm saying? And so I think side hustles just provide great education uh, and allow people to like learn more about themselves as they are you know, being builders and just, you know, challenging themselves in a different way outside of the context of, you know, um, you know, being on a sort of peer reviewed or manager reviewed um, sort of cycle at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I want to switch gears a little bit. You mentioned that you're on the countryside. Um, I want to, can you walk us through, I guess, what is, has been some of the biggest changes between, you know, Bay Area, the U.S. to where you're living now? And a lot of people don't know this, but I'm a huge foodie, so I love to talk about food. What have been some of your uh, food journeys uh, since you've been over across the pond, man? Man, the food is fresh over here. I mean, I think the quality <laughs> of life uh, is is way better over here than the States, in my opinion. Um, for one, uh, I've gotten my eyes, my, my eyes checked, my ears checked, my physical and my teeth done for less than $80. I believe it. <laughs> and so that in itself is like, you know, especially at this stage in my, in my entrepreneur journey, it's like, you know, I don't have that cushy, uh, healthcare that Airbnb yeah. and Apple was giving me. So, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like this is, this is, this is huge for me, but you know, that's one, I think being in the countryside. I also, because of the the because England is predominantly pretty much farmland mm -hmm. uh, for the most part, like I know where the food is coming from. Like literally, you know, I drive ten minutes from here. I'm on I'm in I'm on farmland, yeah. and so it's locally sourced. Like you know, um, and you know, you can't really beat that, especially when you think about sort of like the mass production and sort of some of the process, the policies. Um, administration of of the food in in, in America, absolutely. Uh, and so that's one thing. But like when I go to, um, you know, I'm, I love me a good fish and chips. Okay, like, that's yep. changed the game. Like what? It, what it, I don't know if, you, if you if you if you've ever had a shandy, but it's essentially like a lager with uh like you know like a sprite. Okay. Okay. <laughs> with, like, with lime cordial, but it's like it's delicious, and I never had that in the states. I was like, oh, this is nice. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Caribbean culture out here is like is is crazy. So, oh, okay, you know, I mean, you know, just jerk chicken, my patties, rice and peas, oh, just anything, hitting up hitting up Brixton and London, you know, all the different spots uh, in in you know in the city. I mean, the food is rich and like, obviously the Indian cuisine is crazy. There's like a, a rampant Indian population here. And mm -hmm. so it's just like supremely authentic. And it's like, it's, it's incredible. And I, and I, and I love Indian food. So, um, yeah, I mean, you don't, you're not gonna have a shortage when you come and visit. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I am there. <laughs> and the street and the street vendors are crazy. Like, I mean, they set up shop and it's like, it's, it's decadent. Like it's delicious. Yeah. I don't, I can't even, yeah. I'll go on all day about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in the countryside. Um, the interesting thing about the countryside versus is is that uh, it's it's uh, um, by law there has to be public walking access on mm. any on all properties. So we go for a, a ton of long walks, um, you know, across the canal. And the canal system here is how they used to transport things back in the day by horse and boat. Wow! And so the canal actually goes throughout the whole country. And mm -hmm. so like, we can just walk around the canal. We can walk through farmland. The sheep are just like everywhere. There's mm -hmm. alpacas, there's horses, there's like 
horses, you know, cows. It's just like, it's just like, whoa, you know, this is, this is food yeah. for a lot of people, but it's also, you know, there's, it's like, this is the future mm-hmm. because without, without this agriculture yeah. uh, and, and livestock, you know, we don't have much, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so it sort of puts more of like a one-to-one perspective on like, you know, uh, the the planet and and you know how do you be more sustainable to make sure that like we're eating we're able to have the best and we're able to to you know yeah grow and um yeah eat eat healthily yeah do you feel like you're still adjusting or do you feel like I am a local no I'm still adjusting just because you know like it's it's not as cultural as I would like to be you know, where we are, right? Like, unless we go into the inner city in London, right? Like, you're not getting that same type of diversity that I, I, I would want. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm still adjusting for sure. I think um, I want to get into London a little bit more from a professional side. Okay. It's been, I haven't done that as much just due to the baby, right? Like that was sort of like where all the attention, all, all the extra, in, all the extra time and energy yeah. had to, go but like you know now that we're getting more into a routine and like he's getting older um and a little bit more self self-sufficient um as you know as much as a baby can be self-sufficient um, <laughs> uh, i'm about to pop into i'm about to pop into the into the city um a lot more get connected to some of the tech uh the tech um offices you know the companies that have offices out here get get tapped into the scene a little bit more and you know, also put my services and and also bring Toasted Life over here for sure, for sure too. Hey, so that's uh yeah on the agenda for for sure. So yeah, man, it's 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 nice. It's a nice life though. I'm not gonna lie. It's just very simple, very peaceful. Um, I think the one thing that I do miss is you know I'm working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes and I don't get to reap the the benefits of like seeing it be manifested in person sometimes mm-hmm. and so I do miss sort of like the community feel and that energy that I used to get sort of like being and going to some of our events and you know getting to mix with you know creatives and entrepreneurs and stuff like that and so I'm trying to find that that same energy or create that energy here yeah. uh, so that I can still feel that connect that that connection to innovation and 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 you know and building so yeah that's nice, Warren. Well, listen, congratulations. And I, I I definitely may have to cross the pond for that, for sure. Um, you know, you've always had what I think is like a growth mindset, whether that's in business or even with yourself. What would you say is the one area that you have grown the most uh, so far this year? Um, I would say um, habits. Mm. Yeah, uh, habits, discipline. Mm-hmm. and focus I, I think you know like I told you in the beginning this reality kind of will force that upon you and you can choose to straighten up or you can choose to like just be like I ain't dealing with it yeah. <laughs> you know we know you know when you, we, say, when you say habits are you talking about like getting rid of bad habits and or getting in a routine or what what do you mean by that yeah, it's getting rid of bad habits, identifying the habits that mm. make you that bring success, that bring that bring abundance. You know what I mean? Um, you know, something as simple as like sticking to a solid workout regimen. Yeah. And not sort of like letting that go to the wayside, you know. Um, getting up, you know, reading once a day, mm-hmm. um, you know, practicing or focusing on improving your financial literacy or you know just sort of the things that sometimes or at least I'll speak for myself that I was just you know just being in a good environment in tech Mm -hmm. and having just a really good infrastructure uh you kind of don't know what you don't know because you're insulated in such a bubble yeah and now that I'm sort of out that bubble I'm not out of it completely you know what I mean? But since I'm not on the inside of the machine, mm-hmm. I've just started to notice some of the areas that like I uh I didn't have to I didn't have to dig into. 
Yeah. <laughs> because, well, you know and, what I'm I, and I'm sure that's even, I mean, even with you being in a whole nother country, you know, in that self, the United States is, a, you're, I'm sure you're like, y'all are in a bubble, you know what I mean? Just yeah, like, yeah. Like everything that you're saying, yeah. like yeah. you, yes, my friend, you are out of the bubble. You're out of a couple of bubbles for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. 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 And so I think it's been cool just to like really drill in on uh, my mental toughness. Mm hmm. Um, and not just being mentally tough, just to be mentally tough, but but putting aspects around that that I can see as uh, some gratification. Like a small example is like my neighbor, he put up a basketball hoop. Oh, nice. For his daughter. Um, and they like play netball, but he invited me. He's like, hey, you know, use it whenever you want. And I was like, I was hesitant at first, but then I sort of started getting a little comfortable and I got a basketball and I go out there and I shoot, I, I try to do like 50 made shots a day. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm not like the best basketball player. Obi! I wanted to work on my jumper and like, cause yeah. I used to shoot with like two hands. So I was just like, let me just try to work on my shot. You know what I mean? And just the simple, just the simple thing, uh, aspect of seeing it go in. Mm -hmm maybe a couple times in a row or just doing that 50 at the day is an accomplishment in itself and so it has nothing to do with business it has nothing to do with my family it has nothing to do with anyone else but myself and feeling good about myself in that moment oh. and that is a habit forming thing that like I've been really working on and the same thing with going to the gym and so you know hiring a personal trainer like I don't have no business hiring a personal trainer right now. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Spending all this extra money. But it's just like, I knew that like, if it's left up to me, I'm going to find an excuse not to go. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, nah, man, like, let me go and get the, let me go get the energy and get the physique and, and feel good and confident about my stature in a way that I know I want to. And if I need to pay for that, just for that accountability, like I'm going to make the investment. So that's, that's what I've just been, I've been doing. I'm getting, y'all, I'm, I'm out here. I'm yeah, here. Yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Don't let me, don't make me take the shirt off on yeah. the camera. Let's wait, let's wait till, let's wait till next year, hot boy summer. I think that's what <laughs> <enough. laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, but that's really, really true. You know, I mean, I think that, I think that even just goes back to community, and making sure that you have the right people around you. Um, no one can, I'm sure, I can't speak to being an entrepreneur as much as you can, but I don't think anyone can exist without having community or the right people around them. So whether it's a trainer, whether it's a loved one or a friend, it's like you have to figure out, you know, who needs to be around me and where do I need to make the investment uh, to, to grow? So. For sure. Shout out to you. So yeah, man, don't I, I don't want to catch you in the boxing ring or I don't want to catch those hands anytime. I know you've been over there lifting, you know what I mean? Um, so listen, I mean, so much happening, I think, with toasted life and like the overall evolution. Um, I would just love to know, you know, looking through the lens of from maybe 2023, like what's on the horizon? Yeah, so so much is developing with the company. Like I like I mentioned in the beginning, we developed an internal agency called Toasted Life Labs, um, and it's uh, an experiential and R and D uh, sort of internal studio where we help brands connect deeper with our audience. So we've built such a a large consumer footprint um, mm -hmm. with our brand, and what we realized was that. Um, one, these same individuals are seeking professional mobility, access to different career opportunities, and they also want to partake in products and services that better their lives. Mm -hmm. And so we are essentially um, helping become that bridge where we can work with brands and partners to um, put different job opportunities in front of them or create experiences where you know their brand as, is seen as a really cultural force. Um, and we help them with strategy and um, an experiential design to build those sort of safe spaces for our community in a way that like can really feel um, can really feel authentic. And you sort of right. like help them think through that and figure out like, OK, well, once you have this, well, what's what's next and how do you continue that stream or that authentic, uh, inclusive mindset as you continue on and engaging with these individuals. And the same on the marketing and product side, right? It's just like, you know, we're probably more likely to 
uh, pay for um, a product or service that's more in line with our image mm -hmm. than something that doesn't work or rock with us. And when we think about like our spending power as a community, it's like, you know, we want the best, yeah. <laughs> you know, we want yeah. the things that, um, you know, we feel good about that make us feel good. And so, you know, um, we are excited about that, talking to a lot of different brands right now. Um, you know, we are popping up at different tentpole conferences and, yeah. and things of that nature um, and really continuing to build community and connection. Like that's what it is all about at, at its core. You know, mm -hmm. it's not about the job. It's not about the product or the service. It's really like building sort of uh, new connections to different things. Um, to each other and to um, to opportunity for for a vibrant life and so yeah man that's on the horizon it's, it's growing fast we just got our media kit done and so anybody looking to connect wants to see what the vibes are like let yes. us get it popping hit me. <laughs> you know we got um it's about to be juicy man we um yeah we're doing a lot of cool stuff like yeah. for real we're thinking about product as well mm -hmm. um just like testing a few different ideas and kind of see you know how do we uh, sort of transition from, you know, a, you know, a service-based sort of mm -hmm. in life sort of thing and, and, and create more of a digital footprint, um, you know, and, and, uh, and grow the business in a tech-enabled way as well. So, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. And what's the best way, I guess, to receive updates, to know what's happening, to just kind of just even keep track to, even if I'm a brand and I want to work with you all, what's the best way to get in contact with you? Um, yeah, like Instagram, email, hit me up, um, Warren at toastedlife.com. Okay. Um, my Instagram, uh, is, is at WJKJ and then our Instagram at toasted life is just at toasted life. And so, okay. yeah, drop a follow, drop a comment, um, email me if you want to connect. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, uh, under Warren Jones. Uh, and, you know, would love to, I love to collaborate and, you know, even if nothing comes from it, I just love to have, be in conversation with people to understand what they're doing. Um, and, and yeah, just, just kind of, yeah, be, be in the flow of, of, of building, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and progress. So, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, listen, this is the quad shot season, as I mentioned. So in saying that, um, you know, I call this I call this podcast, Warren, a dose of black joy and caffeine because people don't even realize that those are literally the two things that keep me going. So it's not just intentional. <laughs> but that's what keeps me going. But what would you say are four key takeaways you feel would be helpful to our listeners based on this conversation? It could be any four that you think about. Um, so hmm, I, I think I've talked about some of them already, but I would say, you know, one is definitely forming really good habits. Do some do some reading or you know, do some reflection on the habits that you might have that you might want to break. Mm. Um and you know, identify the habits that will help you get to where you want to be mm -hmm. uh, and try your best to, to stick to those and, you know, challenge yourself to, you know, work at that. You might not show up the same way every single day, but showing up is what's most important. Um, two, I would say, you know, I think there's a bit of imposter syndrome in all of us. Absolutely. It just shows up in, it just shows up in different ways. So I would encourage anyone to do some, reading and reflection on that to see how it may or may not be hindering your development your in in work in your relationship or just uh, you personally mm -hmm. um, so I would do that um and then three which is an interesting one is attachments okay um life happens uh continually it's constant it's going it's going right and at any given moment, things can change and it could be in your favor or it could be not in your favor. And I think understanding what you, what your level of attachment are, is uh, to things um, is important because, you know, we can lose loved ones, we can lose jobs, we can lose friends, we can lose things, material possessions. And so understanding who you are 
outside of your attachments mm. so that you can continue to remain grounded and steadfast in, in who you in who you are and who you want to be uh is is like paramount so if you are all in on your job just like understand who are you outside of that job you yeah. know you don't have it anymore you know what i'm saying and so that's that and then i think the last one i probably just think finances i know financial literacy is like huge and really popular in our community right now with a lot of um you know um a lot of information being shared and sort of democratized in that space but you know see where it see where that falls in your life and you know build build a build a good plan you know for where you want to be and you know whether that's climbing more into your into your job or finding that side hustle and seeing where that fits into the plan and, and all that type of stuff um i think uh those are those are the four things that i'm gonna leave Listen, I love it here. So you all heard it here first, straight from Warren, four quad shots, excuse me, for you all. The first one, forming good habits, identifying your bad habits. The second one is reflecting on imposter, imposter syndrome. Excuse me, I'm excited about these. The third one is attachments. So removing yourself a little bit to really understand who you are. And then finally, the fourth one is financial literacy, just trying to learn and grow. Listen, my friend, my brother Warren, it has been an honor to have you on A Dose of Black Joy and Caffeine Quad Shot Season. Um, I just want to say I'm, I'm, I am just like super proud of you. And, you know, I think growth over the years. This is tough. <laughs> this is some very very hard stuff and you brought up a very good point too about not only as just men there is this aura of just like get it done like yeah strong you know but particularly even more so for black men so um trust me i am there with you thank you all so much to my amazing listeners for tuning in episode after episode for um just um hopefully some positive conversations and way that you can grow as always stay safe and remember that you deserve a dose of black joy and caffeine until next time i am adu and as always, embrace the toasted life. See you soon. Fiend with